The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Friday edition of Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. It's fabulous. Oh, my God. Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> I'm your illustrious host, the Scotty, You're the body, Alexander. <laughs> I'm rubbing my nipples right now. God, I'm excited. Stop it. <sighs> Why do you always have to take the fun out of everything? Jesus Christ. Right across from me is Miss Grumpy Pants herself, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, you grumpy whore. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, everybody. I'm not a whore. She's a grumpy whore. Well, she, is. She, has her, she has her grumpy pants on. Somebody needs to put their happy pants on. I'm just saying. Jesus Christ. Why don't you get out your sewing machine and make me some? Not for you because you're a grumpy Sally. pants. Sally. You are a grumpy whore. That's what you are. Just saying. You're mean. So today, you said that we have a story out of my, right here where I live. Vancouver. Out of Vancouver, Washington. That is fucking badass. Mm. And I, I thought the name sounded familiar, the Dodd. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, I had to put something in my pocket. <laughs> put something in my pocket. That's not what you're putting. You're putting it somewhere else. That's why you got, yeah. Fucking sicko. Just Christ over there molesting yourself. Shut up. I am not. Can't fucking have a day without you doing weird shit. Oh, I have one battery in upside down. <laughs> wrong end? Wrong hole? Okay. Wrong direction. <laughs> Stop being mean to me. <coughs> Anyways, no, he is, I mean, and I kind of get into it here because when I moved back to Oregon, this case dominated the headlines. Oh, okay. Um, not because the crimes were being committed at that time, but because the person convicted of the crimes was being punished. Um, there was a controversy surrounding Wesley Allen Dodd, who was also known as the Vancouver child killer. Um, most of the headlines during that time were focused on the claims he made to the judge and what he said needed to happen, which this is a two-parter. So I'll get into that next week. Groovy. Um, I don't want to give too much away, so let me start. However, um, I want to make two side notes here. Side notes. Side notes. Um, number one is there will be several times during this presentation this week and next week, um, when I will be quoting excerpts from Dodd's personal diary. The Dear personal diary. diary I have gotten my hands on the entirety of, oh. and it was sick. Sick. Dear diary, today I saw Billy out on the road. He wouldn't play with me or share his blue cup. That's so funny because one of his victims' names was William. There's a shocker. There's always a Billy. Always. Anyways. I don't have a lot of faith in anybody named Billy. But you have a cousin named Billy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I've heard. Co- I've heard Billy tales. Cousin Billy tales. Yeah, I'd like to talk to cousin Billy. So I don't have a lot of faith in people. Um, Billy. However, I am planning on retyping the entire thing because there were a lot of typographical errors in it. Um, but it'll be like have the whole sentiment, and I'm hoping to put on there. I'm hoping to have it as part of our Patreon. 
levels. Oh, groovy. And then number two, I want to point out. What was the second thing? Oh, um, a little later on, um, I will be sharing some instances that happen that um, people need to pay really close attention to because they're like PSA type shit. Cool. Yeah. Not like PBR. No. It's like people need to be aware of this shit. Now, hang on. Be aware. I am as sexy in person as what you hear on this show. No, you yes, have a face made for radio. Oh, you're so mean to me. <laughs> <sighs> no meaner than you are to me. You deny my great sexiness even though your mom knows. Never, yeah. dude. And your son even said that I'm the funny one, which still cracks me up. We said, yeah, we're pretty funny. And he goes, well... Scott is. <laughs> yeah, but let us not forget that your ex-wife Maritza is my biggest fan. Let's not forget I slept with her. That's why she's my <laughs> biggest fan. I'm That's just why saying. she likes me more than she likes you. She's closer to me. I've seen her naked. <laughs> A few times. Just say it. Even Notorious P.I.G. says so. He is cute. His I, ass is facing me, but he's... You know what I, noticed? I like his little curly tail. I was just going to say, I noticed when he was sitting over here on uh, on the side, I looked over, he has got a, even got a little curly tail. That's yeah, fucking awesome, Yeah, I just man. don't notice that. I love Notorious. So, anyways, um, I'm going to start with how he was busted. Um... <laughs> For all intents and purposes, Wesley Allen Dodd could only be described as a loner. Oftentimes, he could be found home alone, diligently. That was a movie with Macaulay Culkin. I know. Who later on got dilled by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Anyways, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Showed him the episode. thriller. <laughs> the Billy Jean. That's right. Let me give you the Billy Jean treatment. Ooh. He's not my lover. Anywho. <laughs> It won't fit. Diligently building his, quote, torture rack, a structure he was uh, constructing using ropes and boards. Um, if he wasn't doing that, he was frantically writing down his disturbing, dark, disturbingly dark fantasies in his personal diary. For instance, this is what he said he had planned for his next victim. Ooh. Incident three. Well, will the maybe... This is his writing. And it's like the Monroe thing, how, you know, you have we, to kind of like. It's, it's like that when I read about Metheny, like his. Oh, notes, yeah. Because it seems like all the ones who think that they're smart. Are they, dumb as fuck. Dumb as shit, man. Okay. Incident three will the maybe this way. He'll be tied down as Lee was in incident two. Instead of placing a bag over his head as had previously as had previously planned, I'll tape his mouth shut with duct tape. Then, when ready, I'll use a clothespin or something to plug his nose. That way, I can sit back, take pictures, and watch him the instead of concentrating on my hands or the rope tied around his neck. That would also eliminate the rope burns on the neck. I can clearly see his face and eyes now. Electrocution, also a good means for quick death. Oh, okay, yeah. At least he's planning this shit out. Cool. Yeah, that was in his diary. Scary. A couple of nights after writing those words, 
Um, Dodd decided to go see a movie alone. When he arrived at did the... Did he see Home Alone? No. You'll, you'll laugh at the movie he did see, though. When he arrived at the new Liberty Theater located in... Why do I say... In, it's in Camas, Washington. I don't know why I have beds, Washington, there. That's weird. <laughs> Probably autocorrect. But Camas and beds? Mm-hmm. Instead of La Camina? That's weird. Anyways, in Camas, Washington, okay? Um, he bought a ticket to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's awesome. How sweet. You're right. It does go to bed when I type out Camas. Autocorrect hates me. Trust me. I know all of that its evil is ways. That is weird. That is so weird. Um, He... uh. But okay, bought a ticket to go see Honey I Shrunk the Kids. He made his way into the auditorium and took a seat in one of the back rows. Hang on, this is driving me nuts. There. Now I'm done. It's better. Okay. He made his way into the auditorium, took a seat in the back row. Come to think of it, the title of the film was of little significance. Um, it did it again. Son of a bitch! can piss me off. Told you, man. I'm used to autocorrect. It hates my guts. Um, Dodd wasn't there with intentions to watch a movie. He was there to hunt his next victim. When he witnessed a young boy get out of his seat and walk up the aisle, Dodd's interest was piqued. When the boy, when he saw this boy exit the auditorium into the lobby alone, he got excited. At that point, Dodd Dodd nonchalantly rose from his seat... Um, and trailed after the child. When he witnessed the young boy enter the bathroom, he was about to follow suit. However, he couldn't believe his fortune. Just before he was about to walk into the restroom, another boy, approximately six years old, was walking through the lobby and headed towards the bathroom. Dodd smiled brightly, broadly as he stepped aside and allowed the child to enter first. Um... Once the film was rolling, the employees were just beginning to relax. You know, you've seen them in the lobby after, oh, you yeah. know, they start, they like breathe a sigh of relief because everybody's fucking watching the movie and they can relax a little bit and catch their breath. That moment was short-lived when they heard the frantic screams of a child cut through the calm of the lobby. They quickly realized the screams were coming from the men's room. Before anybody could respond, Dog came bursting out the door into the open area. On his shoulder, he was carrying a wailing child. One of the theater owners told the Oregonian later, quote, the little boy was hysterical. He was screaming so loud you could hear him for three blocks. Everyone stood around, around stood stunned as the young man with dark colored hair and a thick mustache, he's probably got a 70s porn stash, he did actually, proceeded towards the exit doors. He continued to carry the boy who was flailing about and the whole time he kept saying, calm down, son. Then he would pat the child on his back and again say, calm down. Like the kid was his own. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. You're not going to sit there and go, hey, calm down, kidnap victim. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, little boy. <laughs> Shut up, little boy. Wait till you get to my house. <laughs> then you'll scream. What? You're wrong. How's that wrong, okay. little tabby? This was by no means the first time theater employees have witnessed a child. Wait, hold on. 
Have you ever been tied up, Tammy? I fucking hate you. <laughs> I knew that was coming, and I was trying to gloss over it, but no, you had to interrupt me just to say it. Didn't Go you? ahead, little girl. Tell me what else you got. <laughs> um, it's not the first time employees at the theater had witnessed a child throwing a temper tantrum in the lobby. The difference this time was the desperate cries of help me, help me coming from the child. Those were alarming. They all decided to run after Dodd. By the time the theater employees burst through the doors, the man carrying the child was hurrying down the darkened streets. Um, as Dodd quickly walked quickly away from the group following him, he tightened the hold he had on the scared child. When he got closer to his vehicle, he shoved his hands in his pockets and fumbled around for his keys. By then, he was short of breath, and he had to keep looking back over his shoulder to see where the throng of people were at. During all the commotion, James, the six-year-old little boy, managed to break Dodd's hold on him, and he took off running in the opposite direction as fast as his little legs could carry him. The boy ran head-on into one of the owners of the movie theater, an owner of the movie theater's arms, who was chasing after Dodd. When the older woman gathered James to her, the boy held her legs tightly as he cried, that man was going to hurt me. Oh, damn. Yeah. She quickly took the boy back inside the theater to help him find his mother. In the meantime, James' mother's boyfriend, a guy by the name of William, who went by Ray Graves. See, how do you get Ray out of William? You thought I was going to say, how do you get Dick out of Richard, huh? No. How do you get Ray out of William? I don't get it. Had heard, <laughs> well, first well, off. Although his middle name could have been Raymond, I guess. First off, you have to catch him in the act. Ray and William, and say, hey, that's not right. Did you use lube? <laughs> and then you get Ray out of one. God, yeah. yeah. Get that one now? I do. A bit of a it time took me a joke. minute, but okay. yeah. You're welcome. Your bad jokes always take a minute. That one took me a second to come up with. I had to yeah. actually think about that one for a moment. Okay, anyways, he had heard the commotion out in the lobby. He was alarmed because James had just left him to go to the bathroom. Um, when he found out what had happened, he later stated, quote, there was fire in my eyes. It burned me up. That little guy is pretty close to me. I love him and I love his family. So he's like a step down. Right. That's um, cool. Yeah. Graves overheard someone mention that the kidnapper had driven away in a mustard yellow colored Ford Pinto station wagon. When he heard that. That's he- a high class car right there. Yeah. <laughs> when he heard that, we used to have actually a yellow Pinto when I was younger, but not a big one. (laughs) When he heard that, he ran out the doors, frantically looking for the car in question. This protective man was bound and determined to chase the perpetrator down, even if he had to do so on foot. He was like, you know, I can can totally dig that, man. I'd be that way with my kids, you know? Yeah. If somebody ever touched my kids, even as adults, and I've said this before, this is this is probably what's going to throw me in prison if somebody does touch my kids, because I've said it a million times, I will hunt that motherfucker down. I got no qualms against killing a son of a bitch for my fucking oh, yeah. kids. Oh, no. But as luck would have it, though, when Graves got outside, the Pinto he was looking for was stalled on the street. Oh. He realized the man was stuck, so he decided to make his move, albeit cautiously. He walked up to the vehicle and casually asked the, young, the guy driving it if he needed some assistance. Dodd glanced at him nervously but accepted the other man's offer to help. He didn't realize that the guy had come from the theater. <laughs> I, I, me, I'd be walking up singing something like, It's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> yeah. So when the opportunity presented itself, 
Graves snatched Dodd by his neck and hauled him back inside the theater, saying, quote, you have just been detained. We're going to get the cops. Made the citizens arrest. Later, nice he stated, me. yeah, later he stated that he had to resist the urge. He had to pummel the man who had tried his damnness to kidnap James. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Better oh, man yeah. than me. I, even with anger management classes and shit behind me, I don't I would. That, I would murder no. a bitch. Yeah. I, I would have pounded him and then yeah. dragged him in. And I would have told the cops, yeah, I beat his fucking ass. Oh, he tripped. <laughs> he tripped and fell down the stairs three times. He must be clumsy. Oops. I tried to tell him, hey, be careful. But he did not listen. Isn't that sad? Sniff, sniff, tear in my eye. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, once Grave had Dodd safely inside the building, he could s- secured the kidnapper's hands using a belt behind him. Then he forced the thinner man to sit down and wait for the cops to arrive. Witnesses say the entire time that Dodd didn't do anything but stare at the floor while everyone waited for the authorities to arrive. Um, it's probably Vancouver PD, and they're slower than shit. Yeah. Well, Camus, yeah, it's right Camus, up there. So, oh, well, Camus, I don't think they have their own police department. They might, but... Uh, It'd be the sheriff's department, the Clark County Sheriff's Department. Oh, that, yeah. That's different. I like Clark I was going to say, Sheriff's. that's east of here. That's where my ex-boyfriend's parents live. Yeah, I, I like the Clark County Sheriff's Department, actually. They're they're really good people. Okay. Now, this is the thing. This is a PSA, one of my PSA moments. Um, look, it says it changed cameras to beds down here, too. James had been taught to make as much noise, to draw as much attention to himself as, po- as he could in the event anyone attempted to abduct him. Ever since the other three boys in the area had been murdered, James's mother was worried sick about her children. She taught all of her kids to kick, scream, and even bite anyone who tried to kidnap them. She even went so far as making them promise that's exactly what they would do if they were ever in that type of situation. Good mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, A lieutenant working for the Camas Police Department later talked about what the boy had done and said, that boy is a real hero. That is true. Yeah. Wesley Allen Dodd at the time was considered to be the, quote, most notorious and vicious child killer in the Pacific Northwest. Um, It was very fitting that a man who had terrorized an entire community was brought down by community action. Not only that, a child was instrumental in bringing the Vancouver child killer to justice. You know, the only story that rivals that even comes close is the one that we did on the Scotty and Squatch show where the puppy shot the dude who was killing dogs. Yeah, the guy who was shooting dogs and he... Yeah. The puppy, uh, he put the gun down, the puppy uh, had his paw on the trigger and... Shot him. Yeah, that that one was a good. That, that was, was my, a touching story. That was that puppy. I just I want to I want to abduct that puppy and just make it a king. I know total king royalty. So once Dodd was in custody, the twenty eight year old denied having any involvement when it came to the murder of the three boys who had been discovered in the past ten weeks. Duh. Yeah. First, there was the case of ten year old Cole. I'm telling you, I do not know what is wrong. This computer's going to piss me off. Cole Near and his brother and his 11-year-old brother, William. The pair had been stabbed to death and dumped in a park um, in Vancouver. Then there was a case of four-year-old Lee Isley. 
His Wait, did it say which part? Because uh, Vancouver's got like. Oh, a, it doesn't say. I think it says later. Because we they're, they're, seriously. Uh, oh yeah, like, there's a shit ton of parks in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I I know because I've cleaned them all when I was on fucking work crew for my probation. Yeah. That, you don't quite realize how many parks are in Vancouver until you go on work crew and you're the one that's mowing them and emptying garbage cans. You're like, holy shit, I didn't think there was this many parks in all of Washington. Oh, that's why. Why? Because it keeps going back to... There we go. I had it for some reason translated to English and it was translating all my weird words to English words. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, where were, oh, there we go. And his 11-year-old brother, William. Um, then there was the case of four-year-old Lee Isley. His remains were found at Vancouver Lake, which is within 10 miles from the park where the near brothers were discarded. Um, after the authorities discovered Dodd worked for a paper plant located approximately one mile from the lake, uh, they questioned him in an attempt to press him for further details. Dodd was in police custody for less than one hour on that November evening in 1989. That's all the questioning it took for him to begin confessing his crimes. However, law enforcement officials quickly found out that Dodd's confession was just the tip of the iceberg when it came to the brutal nature of what he was about to tell them. So Vancouver Lake, for me, is maybe 10 minutes tops. So is it out headed towards... Camus? No, no. You would get out on like, um, the best way to do it from here is, you know 39th up here? Yeah. Okay, so where, where I-5 is? Uh-huh. If you start heading, uh, if you're on I-5 and you took 39th and you headed west, west instead of right. Yes, Head west, west instead of east. You'd come down to like, I think Fruit Valley Road will take you there. Uh, definitely 39th will. Okay. I think. Let me think. Yeah, 39th will help you. If you follow that straight. No, no, no. Fourth plane. If you follow fourth plane straight, it uh, meets up with uh, with mill plane. They kind of come together. Mm-hmm. And if you keep following that straight, you're right at Vancouver Lake. Oh, okay. So, yes, it's not too far. And if it's just 10 miles away, I'm thinking it's Vancouver Park that they found it at. And that's the one that's over here on, uh, uh, like, the corner of fourth plane by the VA hospital. Oh. Like, pretty close to the Walmart there. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Sounds about right, but it could be. I mean, there's, like I said, there's fucking like a thousand parks around here. Yeah, true. So, um, the officers who were tasked with interrogating him later said that they had become physically ill by what they heard him saying. Um, almost in the same way Jerry Brudos took pleasure in his confessions, Dodd seemed to enjoy himself more and more as he discussed harming children. The interrogating officers realized that with every word he confessed, he took advantage of the opportunity to relive what he had done. Um, when officers were sent to search Dodd's house, they quickly discovered his prized torture rack. They also found several newspaper articles he had clipped out that talked about his crimes, and searchers managed to find a plethora of solid evidence to use against him in court later. However, the most disturbing evidence they uncovered was found placed inside a briefcase Dodd had stored under his bed. Tucked inside the infamous brown leather case were pictures Dodd had of children. Some of those photos included Polaroids he had taken of four-year-old Lee Isley that were described as heartbreaking. The searching officers also managed to locate Dodd's personal diary, the contents of which would both sadden and shock the community in the months and years to come. 
at that point in time, the dog case was both terrifying and bewildering to those who worked on it. The authorities couldn't fathom how someone could be so cruel to helpless children. Not only was someone that cruel, cruel, they also seemed to enjoy what they were doing. Um, in his diary, Dodd painstakingly recorded every detail of the crimes he committed against children. It was as if he were choreographing on the pages the sadistic fantasies he had to torture more victims in the future. And when the words Dodd had written are read, the reader knows the man had every intention of carrying out those dark fantasies until he stopped. Whether he stopped by death or by arrest, he wasn't going to just stop and he wasn't just going... He wasn't going to just up and stop on his own free will. Um, the name Wesley Allen Dodd was at one point synonymous with the boogeyman in the Pacific Northwest. He is still considered to be one of the most, if not the most, calculating predators to have haunted playgrounds around southwest Washington State. So this week we've done two boogeymen. We got yeah, we have John, Bible John, Bible John in, in Glasgow, mm-hmm. Scotland, Scotland, over at the Lock. Yeah. And uh, now we've got Dodd here in my home. Pacific of, Northwest. And, yeah. yeah. You know, here in Vancouver. He was at 1313 Northwest 13th Avenue in Walla Walla. In Walla Walla. Walla Walla. That's, I'm going to Walla Walla on Monday. They have good onions. <laughs> you like that segue? That's kind of weird. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't want to know. Walla Walla Sweet Onions. I don't know. Yeah, you do weird shit with some stuff. No, you like Vidalia's because you're from Georgia. <sighs> Walla Walla sweets are decent, but you probably do weird. I found your cucumber collection is all I'm saying. <laughs> You're sick fucker. You're not allowed at the produce section anymore. Safeway. I know that too. Your picture's I up. I don't go to Safeway anymore. It says no squatches. <laughs> no squatches loud. Yep. You're a dickhead. Because you molested cucumbers and three eggplants. And how you manage with the eggplants, I have no idea. I don't want to know. You'll never know. Don't want to fucking know. That's some, that's some goddamn, that's some Ringling Brothers circus shit going on. <laughs> I got flipped off. You did. Because <laughs> I'm tired of saying fuck off. It doesn't work. <laughs> Anyways, Don wasn't a very big man. Most considered him to be as small in stature. Many times he would even use a baby voice himself when he talked. Um, one thing's for sure, he didn't fit the picture some of us had growing up of the trench-coated stranger we were all taught to steer clear of. I want his trench coat. <laughs> Just so I can flash people. I know. My winger. Gonna run across the football field. My boo but- bitches. Thanks for sharing that itchy boob. It's probably all the hairs you have, you Sasquatch. No, shut up. You know what my son did to me the other day? I don't even want to tell you what my son did the other day. What happened? He pulled my granny whiskers. Who he did? Had like Your son? Four of them. Yeah, he found four, and mine are like platinum blonde because I was born a platinum blonde. But yeah, so I, you can barely see them. But I've never been more disgusted in my <laughs> fucking life. I had like four of them. I got to call my shrink. Jesus Christ. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. Any excuse to get you to call Justin. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, as is so often the case with child molesters, Dodd knew exactly how to get the access he needed to target potential victims. He groomed them by becoming the child's friend, and he would solidify his hold over a child by showering them with gifts tailor-made for the young of youth of the time. He was very skilled at how he could convince the children into a dangerous situation without having to resort to using force. 
Many who knew him described how good he was around children. Yeah, you think? Few who knew him had any idea how deadly he also was with those kids. I say few because you'll find out something here in a minute. In the rest of my presentation, I will take you on a tour of Dodd's life, beginning in his childhood. I will discuss how his deviance evolved and escalated to a point where he became he began to murder his young victims. You will notice, like I did, that there are many times throughout Dodd's life or throughout his reign of terror that um, where he could have and should have been stopped by law enforcement officials. However, as mad at the justice system as I was, and I'm sure you will become, we must remember that Wesley Allen Dodd made the choices to act out his desires. Nobody made those choices for him. That's true. And it's Vancouver PD that was probably investigating him, and we know how I feel about Vancouver PD. They're pretty useless. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cold. I'm, you know, I'm going to get pulled over by you guys eventually again. But, no, I'm, just, I'm going on my past experiences with them. It's, yeah, but now that, sure there are some now that we're famous there. in a small town, they might be nicer to you. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Yeah, well, and They'll I, say, remember that time you said on blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, that, that's my luck. I swear to God. I'm going to get pulled over. Wait a minute. Do you have a podcast? I've got a couple of them. Step out of the car, sir. Then I'm going to get tased and kicked. And then God, I hope I have dash cam hit, for that. Hit with a freaking asp a few times, and they're going to be okay. Look, don't park here again. This is a no parking zone. We're going to let you off with a warning this time. Then they're going to tase me again and go, quit resisting. And then they're going to write me a ticket. So I want dash cam of that. I'm sure there are some good cops in the Vancouver PD. I'm sure there are, too. Okay, there's probably some great cops in the Vancouver PD. I was pulled over by a state trooper up here on I-5 one time going to Seattle right right up the road from you. <laughs> oh, state troopers here are awesome. And he them. was so nice. Yeah. So nice. I mean, he had me in the back of the cop car because, unfortunately, I had a suspended license for some stupid reason because uh, Washington County Courts didn't clear off a ticket I had that I paid for. And um, he was just like, he was, by the time I was done, with him, he was laughing at my jokes. Yeah, I've, you know, I've been in contact with all kinds of law enforcement. The state troopers here in Washington, are, they're awesome. The sheriff's yeah. department's awesome. The only bad thing that I've ever had was fucking Vancouver PD. That's all I'm saying. Well, and he clocked me going like 70 and a 60, which here you can't do. No. Oregon you can. Washington, not so much. Well, he did that, and as I'm sitting in the car with him, right, he's sitting there writing my ticket and everything, and these. People are just whizzing by me. And I'm like, and his his radar gun was like reading 75, 80. I'm like, look it, they're going fast. I said, I said, you know what? Just shut my door. I'll go with you. <laughs> we can pull them over. It's okay. Yeah, fair is fair. You know, just bring me back to the car. We're good. We're good. And he was just laughing. I was like, I ain't gonna tell. I um snacks. Oh yeah, huh? When Dog was only 13 years old. He started sexually abusing other children. He started out exposing himself to others, which is how it, how it begins. When the younger children in the neighborhood passed by his house on their way home after school, Dodd could be seen in his bedroom window upstairs. He would stand buck naked for the kids to see, um, but he would keep his face hidden behind the drawn curtain. After seeing Dodd do this several times, one of the younger children went to the police and told them where the neighborhood flasher lived, and officers didn't even bother going out to Dodd's house themselves. No, they just called Dodd's parents and told them what that someone was seen exposing themselves to children from their address. 
Um, Dodd's parents didn't seem to have, oh, the police didn't seem to have any desire to find out who was doing the exposing. Dodd's parents thought it was a friend of Wesley's showing his junk to the kids as they walked by. After all, it couldn't be their son, right? Right. Um, anyways, um, when Dodd realized he might get into real trouble if he continued to flash the local children, he took his, quote, show on the road, as he put it. Um, that's when he rode his bicycle all around the neighborhood looking for other children 10 years old or younger because he was a true pedophile. Oh, nice. As soon as he found a suitable candidate, he rode by them and hollered to get their attention. With their full attention, he showed them his genitals. Um, when Dodd recanted these activities to the authorities later, he told them he would try to seek out boys to expose himself to. The reason he, the reason behind that, he said, is, quote, because boys didn't report me as often as girls, which is true. Uh, Dog claims that he was never properly educated about sex, so when he hit puberty, he started exposing himself to others. That's not a fucking reason. I'm sorry. That's a lame-ass fucking excuse. I know, right? That's stupid. Even though Dodd began to act on his deviance in horrific ways, he never once claimed he was a victim of sexual abuse himself. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, the only thing he mentioned that stood out to him from his childhood was the unhappiness he always seemed to feel. That, however, he attributed to the way his parents were always fighting and how they didn't seem able to show him any emotional support. Yeah, so when Dodd's father, Jim talked to a reporter from the Oregonian later, he admitted that he dealt with his older son's apparent sexual deviancy by having, quote, father-son chats. However, those didn't happen very often as he pretty much avoided any mention of the behavior. The father did. Right. It's ignore the behavior. Yeah. So it'll go away. Right? Yeah. Right. Since Dodd was the oldest of three children, he need, his need to expose himself seemed to be his way of acting out. According to Jim... Quote, he never did drugs, he never drank, he never smoked. However, when Jim and Dodd's mom got a divorce later, the teenager escalated his behavior from just exposing himself to active molestation. Now, the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, I know you know, but some people don't. DSM-4 um, manual classifies and describes pedophilia as one of the mental disorders that's commonly associated with people considered to be loners, individuals who have very low self-esteem in general, and people with this deviant nature generally tend to feel inadequate when it comes to sex in general. Um, they are afraid that their peers will reject them, and since most pedophiles avoid having mature relationships, they generally lack maturity themselves. Um, Wait a minute. I'm not very mature. Yeah, but you don't like speak in a baby voice and tend to hang around children way younger than you. Actually, well, that's true. I don't. Uh, out of all the characters that I do, I don't have a baby voice. I have a little boy, but that's the characterized, you know, voice. But it's not baby talk by any. No, means. you kind of use that when you do your like. Little person voice, too. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's multitask. The only younger person I hang around with, you know, is fucking sitting on my couch right now with his belly no. exposed. Not, not him. Angel. She's eight years old. Oh, I thought you didn't know how old she was. We're assuming. 
She's fucking cute. Ghost is three now. Oh, my goodness. See, I hang around with three and eight-year-olds. Yeah, well, and Ghost has more maturity than you. Yeah, oh, no, definitely, you know. But I hang out with my son. I actually like hanging out with my son, so just saying. Yeah, never hang out with me anymore. Not trying to molest my son either, because, no. Gross. Okay, when Dodd later described himself, he used the term, quote, socially isolated. He claimed that he was always intimidated by girls his age. In high school, when other students began going out on dates and, or prepared to attend dances together, he was an outsider socially. He preferred to stay home alone. Stop it. That way he could think about different ways to get children to engage in sexual activity with him. I know. That's some gross shit. Yeah. Dodd wasn't any different than any every other child in Western society. He most often betrayed the trust of parents and children who were in his inner circle. People he knew on a personal level, like sexual predators for hundreds of years have done, Dodd felt that abducting a stranger for the intent of sexually assaulting them was considered a last resort. A sexual predator has more success acting out their deviance if they target children they have access to already. The children in their lives that know him and trust him completely. For instance, the first children Dodd victimized were his very own cousins. When Dodd was only 14, he took his 8-year-old female cousin into a closet to molest her. Then, oh my God, later that same day, he molested her 6-year-old brother. Um, a couple weeks after that, he molested another one of his male cousins. When his father dated a woman who had children, Dodd molested those children as well. It's like no child was safe. Mm -hmm. When Dodd's cousins weren't around when he wanted to get pleasure, he strategically placed himself in a situation that allowed for him to be near other kids. He easily became friends with other boys around his neighborhood. Then... Once the families knew him, he would offer his babysitting skills. Dodd was 16 years old when one of his close neighbors called on him to babysit when their regular sitter wasn't available. While the neighbor was out for the evening, Dodd molested their children while the kids were asleep in bed. Um, As he got older, he looked for job opportunities where he would have contact with children, even becoming a camp counselor at one point. Scary, huh? That's fucked. I'm glad I never sent you to camp. (sighs) I'm telling you. Don didn't use force to lure his victims until the later years. Normally, he would employ inappropriate, quote, fun and games to elicit sexual contact with a child. Some tactics he used would be daring a kid to take off their clothes and run around naked. Or he would utilize the standby teen games of those days, such as strip poker and spin the bottle. Only Dodd's playmates were children a lot younger than him. Sometimes he would even ask a child to go skinny dipping or play truth or dare, which is a very common behaviors with molesters. Oh, yeah. Um, Dodd knew how to, quote, groom children. His common tactic was to exploit a child's natural innocent curiosity. Like molesters before and since his time, he knew how to make the molestation seem as if it were just normal fun to his victim. He often used the phrase, quote, I've done this to other kids and they liked it. Um, If the child showed any amount of uncertainty or nervousness, he would manipulate that. If his victim seemed to feel guilt as if they were perhaps doing something wrong, he would take advantage of the situation. He did everything he could in order to make the circumstances feel more natural to the child who didn't know any better. 
Um, if his victims seemed to be confused about what was happening, Dodd did what he could to turn the situation in his favor. Um, mom's texting me. In this situation, he often told the child he was just trying to teach them something that all adults did. What they were doing was not only fun, it was completely normal. Everyone did it. Um, the minor arrest Dodd had didn't seem to be enough to curb his deviancy. When he was 15, he was arrested for indecent exposure. However, he was never prosecuted on those charges. At the time, the authorities told his parents to put him in counseling. As it turns out, throughout the years, Dodd would receive multiple court orders for manda- mandatory counseling services. The problem is, if he bothered to attend at all, his attendance was sporadic at best. Over time, his arrests would accumulate, but the punishments weren't following suit. The serial molester wasn't really being punished with any amount of jail time. Um, by the time Dodd was 18 years old, the kids that he had been regularly molesting moved out of the area. That meant he was in desperate need of fresh victims. Since he didn't have the opportunity to groom them in advance, he targeted children he didn't even have an acquaintance with. Dodd quickly came to the realization that the less he knew a victim, the more forceful he could be when acting out his deviance. For instance, Dodd's, Dodd's typical encounters went a little like this. He was walking along a wooded area when he happened to stumble upon a young boy. The kid was out there alone fishing in a little pond. He approached his target and asked if he could show the little boy, quote, something really neat. When the kid agreed, Dodd led him to an isolated area. When the two were all well hidden, he forced the child to get undressed. Right before he could do anything more traumatic, his ritual was interrupted. He heard a group of kids approaching in the distance, so he stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for that kid, right? Yeah, no shit. If Dodd couldn't find a victim alone, he became somewhat brazen. For instance, he talked about how he would walk up to a group of kids standing around. He would single out one of them and order the boy to pull down his pants. Then there were even times when Dodd would go on strange, as he put it, nude excursions. That's when he would go to one of the local playgrounds during the night, late night hours. This wasn't weird in itself. The bizarre thing is Dodd was completely naked when he did it. Yes, that's a bad thing, Scott. Oh, because uh, I might do that occasionally. Just last night. Or was it too cold last night? Letting the twig and berries hang out. It was freezing last night. It was. I love the feel of the wind on my nuts. Well, and then I woke up this morning, and I didn't want to get out of bed. I waited until my son got home so he could toss me my pajama bottom so I could put him under covers with me. (laughs) Oh, crap. I just splashed energy drink on my face. (laughs) That's not the first time. Never mind. Go ahead. It's the first time it's been energy drink. Usually it's protein shake. (laughs) Whoo! See that look you just gave me? I'm just so grossed out right now. That is the look I give you. (laughs) So, in September 1981, Dodd enlisted in the Navy. He's in the Navy now. When he was giving his confession to the authorities later, he said, quote, if I hadn't joined the Navy then, I may have been killing within a year. In fact, in the weeks prior to Dodd signing up for military service... Um, he tried kidnapping a couple of small girls. The girls reported the attempted abduction to the authorities. However, Dodd was never arrested. While Dodd was in the Navy, he was stationed in Bangor, Washington. What the fuck was that? 
Um, it's there's a submarine base, and it's got to be near Seattle because mm. he. know where it is. I know yeah, where it is. he spent most of his time stationed there, preying on young children who resided on the base with their families. And during this time, he often went to Seattle on his predatory excursions. And on those trips, he assaulted children in the men's room of local movie theaters. Instead of employing violence in these attacks, Dodd started using money to draw his victim in. Sometimes he would lure kids to a remote secluded area on the guise of helping him get something. Once they're away from prying eyes, he forced them to pull their pants down. I know, Scott. Your free Wi-Fi. <laughs> Dodd quickly figured out that the most ideal place for him to find victims was at the local arcades. Hey, you mm-hmm. remember those. Mm-hmm. Um, after all, these establishments were a popular hangout for kids wishing they could get their hands on more money to play their games. He would have his pockets filled with quarters. For every quarter he doled out, the child had to perform one of his demands. Um, there was one time when Dodd actually got arrested. On this occasion, he convinced a couple of younger boys to accompany him to a local motel. He told them if they played strip poker with him, he would give each of them $50. When he, when he was in police custody that time, he told the authorities that he fully intended to molest the boys when he was in the room alone with them. They still didn't get him. That's awesome. Yeah. Even with this admission, the charges against Dodd were dropped under mysterious circumstances. This revelation begs one particular question. Well, actually, I asked two here. What were the authorities thinking? Was Dodd freely admitting that he had depraved intentions, a significant punishment for the acts he most assuredly would have carried out? Fucking ridiculous, man. They should have shot him, but okay. Yeah. So he was arrested later on another charge, and as a result of that arrest, he was issued a general discharge from the Navy. He wanted to go down with the seamen. I've been waiting for that since I said he was in the Navy. (laughs) Hang on, I miss... Okay. For that incident, he was picked up after he was caught approaching a younger male child. That time he was actually found guilty of attempted indecent liberties. Um, He was sentenced to serve jail time, albeit only 19 days. Uh, The judge at that time once again ordered Dodd to undergo counseling. However, as I established earlier, his court-ordered counseling mandates meant very little to him. Um, I do want to point out something. I do not feel there was any type of or amount of counseling that would have stopped Dodd from acting on his deviant urges. He was relentless in his pursuit of innocent children. I would agree, just based on what you've told me so yeah. far. It just it doesn't I mean, sound I'm not like... saying counseling won't help some people. For him, I don't think it would have mattered. Um, <coughs> Dodd was arrested for molesting a 10-year-old child in May 1984. He was convicted of the crime and probably would have been taken off the streets. However, for some unfathomable reason, the presiding judge felt Dodd would benefit from receiving a sentence to serve one year in jail. Suspended. Jesus fucking Christ, man. The judge did have a contingency, however. Dodd was required to attend court-mandated counseling as well as, quote, conduct himself as a good citizen for the balance of what his sentence would have been. After receiving that sentence, he was arrested two times when he was caught driving on a suspended license. However, his sentence was never reinstated. Here's what bothers me a lot. 
by doing that to one person, even if it's not Wesley Dodd, okay, to doing it to anybody, word does get out. There's people in that gallery oh, yeah. and shit like that. So what that's telling me, if I was the same type of person, a child molester, is hey, the legal system says, yeah, it's bad that you molest kids, but if I do, really, what's going to happen? Okay. The chances are I'm going to walk. Let, yeah, let me put this in perspective for you. When I was going to court on my, well, actually, when I was being sentenced on my charges, my, I mean, I must remind you that I had no criminal record except for speeding tickets. And the judge felt the need to sentence me. The recommended guidelines were between 58 and 60 months. Um, however, it was within his discrepancy to give me lesser time. If he felt the need to, he just couldn't give me more than 60 months. Whoop, whoop, whoop. However, because I had no criminal history, he said that he would be lenient, and he gave me 59. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Four years, 11 months. Now, prior to me being sentenced, there was a guy in there. He had been at the restitution center, which is work release program in Washington County, and um, he had multiple, a long history of molestation and child abuse. Okay. Prior to being put in the restitution center that time, he was told that he was to have no contact with any minor, especially his family. So he was not allowed to go to family events where minor children were. Okay. He got in trouble. He absconded from the restitution center, was caught at a family reunion with about 20 kids. Okay. They put him back in jail. He was getting sentenced for that absconding and violating his court orders. And the judge sentenced him to 10 days in county jail, 30 days in the restitution center again, and again said no contact with minors. I, after that day, said it would have been better if I would have molested a child. Yeah, and that, that, that's really the message I think some courts send, is, hey, if you molest a kid, really, we're going to say that we care. We don't give a fuck. But, but... Yeah. If you have no criminal background. Yeah. And you made a mistake because you were a teenager. And I'll tell you, as a teenager, you were stupid. I was. Oh, I had freely and, and admit that, how I, stupid I, I was. I only say that because I say this to Jake all the time because Jake's stupid, too. Because as a teenager, as, hold on, because as a teenager, I was stupid. Every teenager is stupid. Every teenager is stupid. We think we're invincible, first of all. We, we think we know everything, but we're all idiots. Yeah. You know, it's just. I'm fixing my hair. No, that's cool. It's just, it's just it's just upsetting that it sends the the message that basically it's okay to rape kids. Yeah, you know, or to harm a child in any way. Yeah, and I think the judges should also be held accountable for their actions. You know, that way there makes you really think. So if you say, okay, we're going to give you this light sentence, even though you were caught around kids mm -hmm. and you're a molester, and they go out and they violate that again, I think that judge should be held accountable for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the sad part. I mean, like I said, okay, so the entire do time, that entire time, Dodd was free to ha haunt the streets and search for what he referred to as, quote, targets. He never led a suspended sentence, probation, court-ordered counseling, and active arrest warrants get in his way. Every single decision Dodd made in his life from that point forward involved him make having access to, involved him making access to children a priority. 
That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, he moved into an apartment complex that had a slew of kids living among the dwellings. And I'll tell you why it makes sense, because the court has already told him, if you molest kids and we catch you, even if you go, yeah, no, I was going to molest these two kids in the hotel room. That was my intention. We're just going to say, um. Probation, if that. Have some probation. Hey, do us a favor. Go to counseling, please. Can you please go to counseling and maybe not touch kids on the pee-pee? Could you maybe do that? That would be nice. Okay, that's great. Get out of here, you little scamp. Yeah. So, um, he worked at places such as convenience stores and fast food restaurants, both of which are frequented by the younger crowd. He even drove a charity truck around local neighborhoods to pick up charitable donations for local ho- from local houses. Okay? Did now, it say free candy on the side? I really, in his case, it wouldn't shock me. Because no, it sounds but like I'm surprised did... he didn't drive an ice cream truck. No shit, because in di- it just sounds like he did not give a fuck. He didn't. He didn't give a fuck. He will. He sounds like somebody who would seriously probably knock on somebody's door. Hey, here to rape your kids. Do you mind? Step aside. Step aside, because well, we have little Timmy in there, and yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna rape him. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm gonna get into something here. Um. Dodd later said something that should be a warning to every parent of a young child. He said, quote, a sexual predator child molester is always alert and ready for any situation or possibility that might arise. I started staying alert and watching the opportunities like that to occur again. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, while Dodd was driving the charity truck, people with children invited the predator into their home. Even the act of changing an infant's diaper was all it took to arouse Dodd, and he had to molest another victim. See, that I don't even understand, because it brought to mind, so I got a friend of mine, his name is Mike Duncan. Okay. He's got, he's got two daughters, and when, uh, I think it's Alicia was his youngest, when, uh, when she, was, she was a baby baby, she was like maybe, I want to say maybe a year old-ish, she was still in diapers. Um, I'm over at Mike's house and like Mike just fucking flops around and we're talking and he's like whipping off the diaper and I seriously felt embarrassed. Like I'm looking away like this. Like creep. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Mike. No, dude, it's cool. He's like, what's wrong? I, you, your daughter's on the floor fucking naked and that makes me feel fucking uncomfortable. He just looked at me like, dude, you're a fucking freak. No, that's the problem. I'm not because I don't want to see your daughter fucking naked. Yeah. Well, remember back in our day. We all have pictures of us kids naked somehow, either in a little kiddie pool or in the tub or something. Yes. I mean, I know that when my son was little, I do have some pictures of me giving him a bath, but my arm is placed over, you know, blocking yes. the camera from oh, his totally. little genitals. Oh, only because ah, I'm not even going to say because he'll get mad at me. He listens to these. My son, and I, I was a little concerned when he was born. Because yeah. he had the biggest nuts I've ever seen well, in my you life. Well, you and I—he probably had hydrocele. but the smallest little penis. Then I started thinking because he, he a was chunky little baby. No, he was average sized baby. Oh, that's right. You said he was one of the smaller Alexanders to yeah, be born. Yeah, he was only like nine pounds and change. Oh, itty bitty one. Don't give me that look. In my family, that's if, if it's under ten pounds, normally we throw it back. Yeah, bring it back <laughs> when it's done cooking. Not a keeper. Catch and release, catch and release. I thought maybe when he got circumcised, they took off too much or something. But he did, he had these big bull balls. Poor kid. Boom! Probably had hydrocele. My son did. I started thinking, man, I hope he grows into those nuts, because if not, I'm going to have to buy him a Porsche. Have you? 
Have you grown into your nuts, Jake? <laughs> Come on, our listeners want to know now. I don't want to see. I just want to know. <laughs> I love embarrassing my son. I, I know love him. it's so much fun. That's that's true love right there. Because I truly do love yeah. my son. He's actually he's freaking he's he's an awesome kid. Just fucking awesome. Yeah. If Don happened to be out and came across a child who he found attractive, he just wrote down the address where he saw them. Um, when he was in his own vehicle later, he went back to that area with the hope that the kid in question was playing alone. While he was driving along his truck routes, he even kept a map with him. And if he saw a suitable secluded area, he marked the location on the map so he knew where to find it later should he have the opportunity. Well, at least he thinks things through. Oh, my God. He was, like, well-planned and methodical. Don frequently volunteered as his babysitting services. One time for a kid's birthday, he went on a fishing trip with a co-worker's young son. While they were away, he molested the little boy. One of Don's neighbors, this part made me sick. One of Don's neighbors had a two children, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, boys. She found out he had been molesting them on a regular basis. Oh, However, shit. she didn't press any charges. She didn't feel the need to put her sons through the additional trauma a legal battle okay, would entail. Okay, straight up. And I know these are like my neighbors going on. But if you are that mom, you're a fucked up parent. Yeah. Like straight out. And I will say that right to your fucking face because we live yeah. in the same town. That's fucked the hell up. Yeah. Well, by the time Dodd was 25 years old. I'm just going to finish up this section, then I'm done. By the time he was 25 my, my years old. My blood's just fucking boiling. Oh, I know. Me too. For two reasons. Number one, because you know how much I love my kids. I fucking love them. Okay? Yeah. But specifically because, and I told you about having that dream when Jake was like five years old. And to catch you guys up on this dream, and then she'll finish her shit. Is, uh, so Jake and I were living with my stepmom. Um, I had just come off the road. And it was just me and Jake. And we were sharing a room. And, uh, and and shared a giant you know bed, too. And he's on his side. And I... I I had this dream that him and I were in a truck stop <clears throat> and he went into a bathroom by himself while I was getting us food and I could hear him screaming and I couldn't get into the door. Well, long story short, I kicked in the door and it was a guy of Arab descent and I, I murdered the dude. Thank you for not. It was, it was very graphic in my dream. Like very detailed. Yeah. I woke up sweating and pissed. That dream affected me so much. Seriously, I was pissed off. All week long. Like, I'm looking at people, innocent Arab guys that are just, they're just going, hey, I'm just going to go over to my 7-Eleven. Look, I'm going, I bet you he's going to fucking try to grab my kid. That's what the hell he's going to do. I was livid. And that was based on a dream. I can't imagine if somebody ever laid a fucking hand. Oh, yeah. No. Because I pity the fool that laid a, if they ever laid a hand on my child. I'm that insane motherfucker that'll kill oh, yeah. somebody's family. I really would because my kids are more important than anything else. Yeah, you know, especially Jake. You know, Jake, Jake and I are, are fairly tight, and uh, you know, so much so that we give each other shit constantly. Look at him over there. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. I saw pictures of him when he was and he little. he me off. You're a dick. I saw pictures of him when he was like, he was adorable. I just adorable to, baby, man. I wanted to smell you. I love the smell of baby. Huh? I know. Then he. Yeah, we don't know. It's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think he fell, fell into some trianogen or something. And he mutated into that. what he is now. <laughs> We're going to start calling wow. her. Wow. That's fucked up. 
Wow. 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 Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nope. So, at the age of 25, by 1986, Dodd had moved to Seattle. He virtually felt invincible at that time because he had sexually assaulted upwards of 30 children by that point. Jesus fuck, yeah, man. in 12 years. Now, and then him saying, when I go, got to Seattle, I had learned I was less likely to be reported for molestation than for an attempt. I decided that from now on, I would be a little more forceful. I would no longer accept no as an answer to my requests. He later wrote um, he would choose the most vulnerable of the children he saw, um, including one of his roommate's two-year-old sons who was partially deaf and could not yet talk. The boy uh, fought him off, and Dodd just tied his hands with a bathrobe tie, and the idea of force was exciting, he said. Yeah. I got no fucking words to that. Like, seriously. Yeah. That leads me to exactly what I've said before is, and I know I'm going to get hate mail over this too, because I tend to get hate mail, why we don't execute them. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm well, serious. It's not a matter of when no. they're going to attack again. They're going it's, to. Or if, it's when. Oh, when, yeah. When. Well, see, when I will get into something next week that is along that same line. I believe that you're taking all that away from a child, man. I Whether think, you kill that child or not, you're killing a part of them. I believe that they should be public. I'm all for public executions. Oh, yeah. Because then when the other Chimos see, hey, man, this dude just got fucking popped and they're hanging him in public or firing squad or, you know, dismemberment in public while he's still Drawn alive. Drawn quarter. Drawn quarter. I'm, I'm good with that, too. You know what? I would even pay for it out of my own pocket. Yeah. And this chemical castration does not help. No, it doesn't. No. I'm just saying that yeah. you send a fucking message. And I think the message should be, number one, I think that that judges should be just as liable. Like, if you release these assholes back into public and they do it again, you give them a lenient thing, all oh, that yeah. good stuff. Hey, you're just as liable. And we should be publicly executing them. 100%. Now, uh, with that said, I can understand, like, maybe you're 20 and your girlfriend is 17. That's different. You know, then they're going to be, oh, my God. it's not, not, You know what? Back the fuck off. That See, bitch- that's why a lot, the age of consent in a lot of U.S. states is 16 for that reason. Because yeah, I mean, even an 18-year-old can get in trouble for having sex with a 17-year-old. I have seen girls that are 14 years old that look like they're in their 20s. I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I know. My, my son goes, exactly. It's stupid. So I was on work crew. And... Uh, we were clearing some vines out on the walls on Andreessen, right up the road. <clears throat> and uh, there was a girl, she was 20 years old, and she had just gotten out of jail. So she's doing work crew. And uh, so I look across the street, and I got to tell you, Tam, this chick was hot. Oh, my God. Nice little tight ass going on her. Big tits. Shorty shorts going on. Little tummy shirt. Yeah, looking fucking hot. So I'm glancing over. I'm all, damn. Thinking to myself, and then she goes, she's pretty hot, huh? I said, fuck yeah, she is. Damn. And, of course, I make my inappropriate things, like, you know, I'd shove my head between her ass cheeks or something. And she starts giggling. She says, yeah, 
She's 14. She's one of my brother's friends, and I've never felt more filthy in my fucking life. Because, and she goes, how old do you think she was? I swear to God, I thought she was at least 20. At least. And I'm in my 30s when this is going on, or 40s. Was it in my 40s? 30s. Yeah. I was in my 30s. Would Mom wanted for? to know if it was snowing. No. It says it is on my app, but it isn't. But yeah. So, <laughs> I kind of understand, like I said, if you're, if you're 20, 21, you have a 17-year-old girlfriend, or even a, on the outside thing, a 16-year-old girlfriend. I understand that, okay? I don't condone it, because I think, hey, maybe you need to let her grow up a little bit, but girls are more mature than guys, so each situation's different. However, if you're 20 or 18, and your girlfriend is maybe 10 or younger... <laughs> Or 11. Well, because a pedophile targets pu- prepubescent. Yeah, prepubescent. Yeah. So basically, if she's prepubescent or he, you should be publicly fucking executed. Why? Because you're a yeah. fucking pig. Yeah. Well, and I always used to say, until we started this podcast, I was always torn on the death penalty. However, I always said, if they're going to have it, they might as well extend it to child molesters. And rapists. Yeah, because I'm sorry, I'm the victim of child molestation and rape, and there's a piece of me that I will never get back. You I know, agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just I think of how much I love my, especially yeah. my kids. I mean, I and never had I the option of giving my virginity to somebody. You know, yeah. I I just I can't even fathom. Yeah. You know, well, and we talked about when the one truck driver grabbed my son and he thought it was. A oh joke my god! And, yes. And, yeah. and Jake and I got... And Terre Haute. In Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. You know, because my brain goes in to protect my kids. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm old and I'm fat. I'll kill a motherfucker for my kids. Oh, me too. I will cut a bitch. Yeah. They don't have to worry about law enforcement. They need to worry about the raging bull over here. Yeah. No. Now, despite Dodd having to, uh, you know, his repeated court-ordered counseling sessions, he had no intention of ever controlling his pedophilic urges. Of course not. He enjoys it too much. Yeah, That's why he should have been fucking killed. In fact, around the time he was 25 years old, he started fantasizing about killing his victims. He said, the more I thought about it, the more exciting the idea of murder sounded. I planned many ways to kill a boy. Then I started thinking of torture, castration, and even cannibalism. Um... However, he does claim that he decided to murder to keep from going to jail. Um, This is difficult to even think about when we consider that he was hardly prosecuted at all for his crimes prior to that. But he would later rant about how easy it was to manipulate the justice system so he could stay out. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The reason Dodd wanted to start murdering children was because he was a sexual sadist and he was stimulated by the control over their suffering and death. That's just Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Please. In 1987, he chose the first child he would murder. Um, it would be an eight-year-old boy he met while he was working as a, as a security guard for a construction site. On that day, he drove off... Um, on on a day off, he drove over to where the boy lived, hoping to get the boy to go into one of the vacant buildings nearby. And he planned on taking the child into a wooded area so he could kill him. But 
um, thankfully the child figured there was something wrong going on, you know, that, uh, since his new friend was dangerous actually. And after Dodd asked him to help find a lost little boy, the eight year old said he was going home to get some toys for this lost boy and promised that he would be right back. Instead, he stayed inside and his mother called the police. Um, good. You know what? To the, yeah. to the mother of that, uh, of that child, seriously, Kudos, you did the right, right. freaking thing into that kid, to that kid, whatever your name is. Dude, freaking amazing. Good job. Good freaking job. I'm proud of, I'm seriously not even joking. I'm proud yeah. of you guys. I'm well, very proud of both of you. And this is what sickens me about this, is um, he was charged with that. Um, by his own admissions, he was predatory and uncontrollable. Um, and he was charged with that crime, but he received another light sentence. The district attorney said we prosecuted the case to the full extent that we were able. Essentially, he tried to get the boy to go with him, but he refused. Nothing more serious happened that we could use. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. The, the, the fucking laws. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Where's, boys and girls. Where's the protection to all the other little children out there? I'm really... Trying yeah. my hardest. If you followed our show since the first one, I get a little worked up when it comes to the kid thing. And I'm actually trying to be a little bit more reserved because I'm. Uh, yeah. The fucking laws yeah. really cater to criminals. They do. And it's fucking ridiculous. It's. I'm going to You know just, what? I will, mm. No, let me put it this way laws cater to sexual predators. 100%. In specifically. Yeah, it makes yeah. me wonder if the if, if some of the judicial system isn't nothing but a bunch of fucking child molesters. You're going, ah, well, I've done the same thing myself. Yeah. Just go along, you little scamp. Hey, please don't molest anybody. Wink, wink. Fucking ridiculous. Or get a job in law enforcement. <laughs> I'm just, like I said, I'm yeah. trying to rein it in. I'm trying not to yell. Oh, I know. I'm just. See, <sighs> and prosecutors at that time tried to bring in his history as a sexual predator to get a longer sentence, perhaps five to six years in jail. But the judge reduced the charge to gro a gross misdemeanor, and he spent only 118 days in jail with one year probation. A disturbingly light sentence, especially in considerations of his intentions at the time. Um, oh, psychologist by the name of Kenneth Von Cleve saw that um, Dodd was a serious danger. He said, Mr. Dodd's history of deviant assaults on minors is the most extensive I have ever encountered in an offender his age. Um, he went on to say, conclude that Dodd was an extremely high risk for future reoffense. Mm -hmm. And he attempted to get Dodd's uh, conviction up to a felony, which would have meant more aggressive treatment. Yet he didn't believe that Dodd was capable of violence. Yeah. He said, quote, he was like a child. Um, when he talked about the offenses, he did it in baby talk like a kid. He fit right in with them. Nobody gave him a fucking psyche them. valve. That's my goddamn problem. I'm sorry. I'm just fucking, I'm over here just fucking. I, if you had hair, I'm you'd just, be pulling it out. Fucking, nobody gave this yeah. cocksucker a fucking evaluation. The baby talk is part of his process. That's how he's fucking manipulating you stupid motherfuckers. That's yeah. how he's fucking doing it. Jesus Christ. And these people start, start, oh, look at us. We're DAs. We know what we're doing. You guys don't know fucking jack shit. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. The next year, though, 
before, right before the murders began, Dodd briefly got back together with an old girlfriend. She brought with her a baby that she claimed was his, and they only lived five days together in a motel before she left. And I then, wonder why. Yeah, then he moved the to Vancouver. Fucking mystery. Yeah, then he moved in to, to Vancouver again. So in September of 1989, he was working for Pack Paper, where he worked as a shipping clerk. Co-workers thought that there was just a, something off about him. Um, he told co-workers that he was employed by the Clark County Sheriff's Office um, to just... Yeah, he told these people, I work for the Clark County Sheriff's Office to stand on the corner and watch children. He also said that he was a divorced man and was upset because his infant child had just died of, quote, crib death. Jesus Christ. Other than those weird remarks, no one suspected this uh, well-dressed kind of, you know, of anything dead. And he was clean shaven of Xavier's porn stash of anything deadly. He was nothing wrong with a porn stash. I want to do point that I had a porn stash. I believe you. This the 70s called they want their porn stash back, Scott. I'm going to actually text my mom and see if she has the pictures that were taken with me and Maritza when we lived in California when we just got married cuz I do I have a porn stash. That's scary. And kind of a feathered mullet going on. Wasn't that in the 80s? No, we got married in the 90s. Oh. Like 90 Oh, that's right. You gra- graduated in 90 90 when you... Well, a little bit before that. Yeah. Child prodigy. <laughs> Nah, I'm just a dumbass with the fucking guitar. That's all I am. Yeah. Anyways, um, Dodd was a bright, meticulous young man, and he could have easily advanced in his position at the company, but he didn't give a shit. Um, his secret, uh, his secret hobby of preying on children was about to escalate. Um, oh, it was David Douglas Park. He found a popular place for kids, which was David Douglas Park. And decided this would be his new hunting grounds. So that's all I have for Wesley Allen Dodd this week. Um, next week I will get into the murders and what he told the judge. But it was not pleasant. Hold on. I know you're texting your mother. Are you trying to figure out how to type? Do you have a Sure. Kiss my ass, you fucking wildebeest. <laughs> oh my God. See, I have you on tape now saying mean, horrible things to me. Because you're a wildebeest. I am not a wildebeest. It says the wildebeest. You know what? Fuck off, Jake. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, intern. Shut up, intern. Unpaid intern. <laughs> All right. Remember that you can send us hate mail. I mean, email at <laughs> BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Uh, check out our Patreon page. Uh, you know, it helps out the show if you want to donate a little bit of cash. Oil. It helps us keep everything going. Uh, you can find us on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs from. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, yeah, and click on the Amazon link that's on our page. That also helps out the show quite a bit. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.